Well, you can take your Bible, turn back to Mark, chapter number 4. I told you I'd finish up tonight, but I can see that I'm not going to. Uh, probably what we'll do is just make this series run on through Wednesday. And so, uh, and if I get through then, we'll be done. But I'm not sure if we're going to be through or not. There's just a whole lot here. Uh, we have covered the first few verses, but I wanted to just hit verse 35 again. He's, Jesus said, you ought to get this in your heart. Let us, let me and you, pass over. What he did is he put himself, when they come over here and the, and the storm raises, he's in the storm with them. When there's a danger of the ship sinking, how can it sink when the master of the sea, the creator, I mean, if it does sink, well, it'll be okay because he's with us. And that, that's, let us pass over to the other side. The old black preacher said, there's just two sides. There's this side and the other side. And Jesus said he'd take us to the other side. Let us pass over to the other side. Uh, sometimes we feel like we're all alone. But uh, let's pray. Brother Earl, would you lead us as we pray, please? gospel in this message for lost people, but primarily, in my mind, it aims at us. It's the apostles that's in the boat with him. It's the disciples. And it's the disciples that he said, let us pass over. It's the disciples in the middle of the storm. And so, sometimes there's a, there is a There's a theology abounding in our land today that says if you just trust Jesus, you'll never have another problem. That's just not Bible, and it's not so. You've been saved a little while. You already know there's problems, and you already know you face problems. The, the difference, there's just two kinds of people in the world. There's lost sinners and saved sinners. The difference in a lost sinner 
in trouble and a saved sinner in trouble is he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And he said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And so, let's see, Dan, I can't remember, no, it's in Job. Job said, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold because he's with me and the trial is to build my faith Peter's going to say a lot about that building faith and so uh, no trials, no faith and no trials, weak faith so we've, this morning we've, we, we've really just talked about being in the backwater the backwater is that part of the water, remember? It's kind of the, it's where all the junk is. And we talked about the backwaters of rebellion, the backwaters of unconcern, and the backwaters of lost opportunity. I've got just a couple more of them, and I'd kind of like to go, at least one more of them. And I don't want to leave this out. The backwater of discouragement. I go 18 or so years ago, God put me in this ministry. We call it evangelism, but it's not strictly evangelism. It's a, in my, I tell, I, I told uh, I told a preacher a group of preachers this here a while back. Some of them seem shocked by it, but as I look at my ministry, 18 years ago, he took me out of the pastorate, put me in this thing we call evangelism. I went through a period of time of much discouragement. I've told you about that before, because I went place to place and. And folks weren't getting saved. And I prayed hard and earnest, God, what's going on? And over there in Ephesians, the verse that he called me into evangelism with, let me just read that verse. Ephesians chapter number 4. He says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. That's verse 11. Look at the, look at the purpose of the gift. The, he, is, he just went through a list of the, of the spiritual gifts. Now he's talking about gifted, gift, gifts to the local church. Apostles, prophets. Evangelists, pastors, teachers. Thank God we've got a, uh, God's gifted us with a new pastor. 
coming next week. And it's exciting to me to see a 46-year-old pastor take the helm of this 100-year-old church and, and lead us into an area that we maybe haven't. If we stop and think about it, we've had about four or three, at least, Brother Hugh Atkinson, Brother Larry Atkinson, Brother Jim Turner. Every one of them are approaching approaching uh, the golden years that we used to call them. Till we got here, we don't call them that anymore. But approaching that that senior citizenship when they took the pastor to this church. Think about what may happen with a young man. New ideas, new zeal, a fresh outlook, and maybe a new fire built in the congregation. Uh, so he said, he said, here's why I gave them, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's the threefold purpose for, for the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists that he's given to the church. That guy who gives you a news report every time he gets in the pulpit is not fulfilling that purpose. That guy whose who's, uh, emphasis is personality and jokes is not fulfilling that purpose. It says we take this Word of God and break it, and He breaks us with the Word, and then fills us and uses us. So, so, so as I studied this, He said, till we all come into a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, no, with henceforth be no more children, and so on. It's the building. I told the, I told the group of preachers, God didn't call me to be a camp meeting preacher. I know there, are, I know there are preachers that go from camp meeting to camp meeting to, and hooray for them. But God has called me to the local church. And I believe my ministry in the local church, as I look at it, most of the churches I go to are defeated, discouraged, empty-hearted, people who need encouragement. They don't need to be beat down. They need to be encouraged. And as, and so for these years, that's been my ministry. It's a lonesome ministry sometimes. You go in and preach and you don't know if anything's happened or not. 
You don't see people falling down the aisles to, to be saved. But what you see is weeping and broken people. Sometimes rededication, sometimes uh, reconciliations. And, and those things comes, come hard to people. Forgiveness. There's forgiveness ought to go on in this congregation right here. Some of it I didn't know about until I became the temporary pastor of this church. But there's some forgiveness that needs to be take place right here in this congregation. And I don't believe we'll ever know the blessings of God we could know until we get a heart humble enough to go and be reconciled with those who have ought against us or we have ought against them. When we get in unity and in one accord, God will bless us. God's blessed us in these months. We've seen a few folks saved and seen some folks come into the church. But there's no telling what God wants to do with this church. But we're going to have to get out of our tradition and our selfish interests and come over to this place of letting Jesus in the boat and letting him direct the boat. Then we'll see him work. So that's where I'm at. That's why I'm in this passage. The backwater of discouragement. I'm not talking about the discouragement of people, but I'm talking about the discouragement of unknowns. Somebody would serve, but they don't know what it... The biggest struggle I ever had in my life, the biggest... was It was not the struggle to surrender to preach. The biggest struggle was the day I pastored for five or six years and worked. I was a superintendent in a chemical plant. That chemical plant was my comfort zone. I, I was uh, vested for retirement. When I left that plant, I was five years from full retirement. I had I'd went to school for 15 years at night, had the education and got the, got the promotions and was a superintendent in the plant. It was, I had it made in the eyes of the world. I went into a control room the day before I was leaving and there was two black guys in that control room. One of them said, hey man, are you quitting your job to go preach? I said, yes I am. He said, you crazy man. That guy crossed the room, he said, you better leave that man alone. That's a man of God. You better leave him alone. <laughs> it wasn't an easy decision to go down, you know, go down to a one-third salary. Susie and I had planned our budget so meticulously. And I, had, I was uh, studied and ready to take my 
electrical license. I had to do one electrical job. I did some jobs, but I did them for friends and people that needed help. And so, here's what I'm trying to say to you. He's saying to us, not just to Wayne Hudson, not just to the preacher. He's saying to us, let us, me and you, let us go to the other side. And we're letting the unknown hold us back. I've got, I've got some things here. There's the discouragement of the world. You know, there's a darkness of this. Hey, in our social climate in America today, there is a dark unknown out there. Successful people are not fundamental, independent, Bible-believing Baptists as a whole. They look at us as hillbillies and hicks and maybe anti-government spies, insurrectionists. We no longer are the home team. And there is a danger of unknown as you step off to serve the Lord. And I got to get to it. Over in second, over in uh, Second Timothy, uh, chapter four, Paul talked about Demas, four ten. He said, he said, Demas has left me. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Over in First John chapter two. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it'll all pass away. And then he says, this is the only thing that lasts in this world this Word of God, this truth of the Word of God. Don't, don't let the allurement of the world cause a fear in your sailing to the other side. If we had time to go to Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 talks about all of these First it says, Abraham looked for a city, had foundations. He lived all his life in tents. He never had a house. He never had a foundation. He said, I'm looking for a city that has foundations. And God will have to build it. He did for Abraham. But then, the, then over in chapter number 11, he talks of, he talks of there's... The latter, latter part of chapter 11 talks about a whole host of people. Let's just go there. He says, 
He says, uh, what shall I say more, verse 32? Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and obtained promises and stopped the mouth of lions and quenched the violence of fire, and so on. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, and uh, wandered in sheepskins and goatskins. I'm skipping down to 37. Of whom the world was not worthy. But these all obtained a report, a good report. And he says, they... Uh, they sought, well, I've lost my verse. Up in verse, verse, uh, he says in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. All of the heroes of faith in chapter 11, he said, never received the promise. They had a promise, they never received and were persuaded, of the, but they were persuaded, of the, having seen them far off, they, they were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were, here's the part I wanted us to get, the strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might not have had ep- then they might have had opportunity to return, but now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for hath prepared for them a city. And I'm going to stop reading right there. But here's what's happened in America. Whether you accept this or not, it's still fact. Our standard of living is so much higher than the whole world. And our standard of living is so much higher than our forefathers and their forefathers. Nobody's ever lived like we live. Push a button, the TV comes on. Push a button, the washing machine comes on. Nobody's ever lived like that in this world. And so we are a generation that is very satisfied with our lifestyle. Right? I love it. I don't want to go back. Hey, I came to Fort Worth as a, as a 10, 11, 12-year-old boy, and we, we fought over who's going to sleep out on the screened-in porch because there was no air conditioning in the house. I don't want to go back to that. I love that air conditioner. Thank you, Brother Arnold. I've enjoyed it during this cold weather. That thing, you just turn that knob and it gets warmer. There's no wood to cut. There's no fire to build. It just, all of a sudden, it's warm in there. We have a lifestyle. But here's what he's saying. Don't love not the world. You think it's good here? Wait till we get to the other side. You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. I mean, we're on a trip to the other side. 
Eye has not seen, ears not heard, neither has entered in the heart of man what God has in store for them that love him. And he's saying to us, let's go to the other side. But in order to go to the other side, you've got to turn loose of this side. And that's the problem. Demas left. Think about this. Demas had been at Colossians and, and some of those other churches and ministered with the Apostle Paul. Wow. Wow. How would you like to sit on the, somebody said, I can remember as a young preacher thinking about those guys that got to sit up here and how I wanted to be one that would, could sit on the platform and be one of the, quote, preachers. And I'm sitting out there so hungry and that, this guy's fat catting up here on the stage, he's already made it. Huh? He's Dr. Ballstopper. One day we're going to land over on the other shore. And the Lord himself is going to take us there. Over there in... Luke chapter 16, he said, The rich man died and woke up in pain in hell. But there's a beggar laying out there. The dogs licked his sores. He had no doctor. He had no, he had no cook. He had no helper. He bagged the crumbs off the rich man's table and fought the dogs for him. But the angels came and carried him to the other side. Are you getting it? This world is not our home. We're on this side wondering about the other side for the most part. Well, here's the, here's what settles it all for me. I got two or three verses to look at. Second Timothy chapter four. Verse fourteen says Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, and Paul and much evil, and the Lord reward him for his works, of whom all whom be thou were also, he's talking to Timothy, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Hey, there's folks that if they could come in here tonight, they would disrupt this service and and cause confusion and conflict. And they may even throw a rock or two at you if they think you're involved in this service. That's what Jesus said. But look at, look at this. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I think this is, I think this is Paul speaking of his first imprisonment. 
when he stood before Nero by himself. This is, in my mind, this is his second imprisonment. First imprisonment, you remember he was imprisoned at the, up in, in, a, in a house of his own, and the captain of the, the guards were assigned, and, and he became a witness to the, to the, uh, the honor guard to Caesar himself. You'd have to go back to Acts to see that. But he said, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding. Jesus said, let us, let me and you go to the other side. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Could I say to you the same Lord who, who pr- protected Paul and, and, and guarded Paul is the same Lord that's saying to us In 2023, let's go to the other side. Turn loose of this side and get a hold of that side. Quit quit hanging. Hey, who cares who wins all the ball games? In the final analysis, two years from now, nobody will know any of them anyway. But in eternity, we're going to give an answer to God for what we have done with this invitation to go to the other side with Jesus. Don't don't be intimidated by loving this world. That's easy to talk about. It's hard to... So... uh, the, the backwater. You say, yeah, but I still got to make a living. I had a man told me that this morning. Verse 7. No, no, no. Second Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love and a sound mind. Jesus is saying, get over here. Let me let take on the mind of Christ. Let the mind of Christ be in you. Let me be your counselor. There's some wicked counselors in this world. And it's amazing the power they hold over a lot of people in our civilization. But Jesus has already said, you don't need a high priest. You, I'll counsel with you. Let's just go to the other side together. Let me speak in your ear. Get the, don't love the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't hang on to both sides.
I've talked about Hebrews 11. 11, 11.6 is the key verse of all of 11. And it says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you knew what, how to get to the other side, the invitation would be meaningless, wouldn't it? We don't know what this, we don't know what 23 might hold. I mean, wasn't many months ago I was saying, well, Tom's going to get another surgery and he'll come back and carry on. And his seat is empty. 22. He wasn't old enough to die. He wasn't weak enough to die. But Jesus said, come on, Tom, we're going to the other side. I don't know what 23 holds. You don't either. I mean, that doctor says one time, cancer, it'll drive you to your knees begging Jesus. Come and help me to the other side, Lord. Don't leave me here alone, Lord. Right now, we've got it made, don't we? I mean, we're going to celebrate. We're going to, we're going to be something, somebody. We're going to. I was looking at myself in the mirror yesterday, and I decided that I better take note of my message. Most of the men in my family were already gone by the time they were my age. And here I am still preaching and pastoring. It's the grace of God, it's what it is. I don't want to turn loose of him. I just want to stay in the boat with Jesus, don't you? So that, that, there's more to say, but I can't. I want to go to another area. Just to sum it up with this. There is no reason to fear the unknown when Jesus is in our boat. Let Jesus in your boat. Let him in the boat of your family life. Let him in the boat of your entertainment life. Let him in the boat of, of your day-to-day life. Get a hold of it. Let him be with you. Uh, I, I was counseling a, just a little while ago and talked about getting in your book. This, this month I've got to go to a church down in Alvin and he wants me to come and teach and preach on the Bible all week long. I thought, I thought I'd been doing that for years, but it, it's a thrill to get to do it. But the basic, here's the basic of it all. Start your day every day with the Bible. Ask God, pray, ask God to help you to get something fresh out of the Bible. Get something that can carry you through your day.
And do that every day, day by day by day. We've got that reading through the Bible in a year schedule out there. It's great, but it's not the... It's, that's not the end of the everything. You can read it through and just turn the pages and say, I read that page and that page and that page and I'm this far and this far and this far and it means nothing. Or you can get your heart into it and let Jesus in the middle of it give you something to give you strength day by day. So, What I'm trying to say, and I'm going to end right here, let us pass over in 2023. I'm not done with this. I'll start again Wednesday night. But I've got some things I want to say about this right now. Over in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 14 says, This all begins in Ephesians 4.30, Greet not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. You can tell that crowd that gets lost every other week that you are sealed until the day of redemption because that's the promise of this verse. I can't ever get unsaved because I got saved and indwelt by the Holy Spirit 70 years ago. And I, but I'm not near finished. I'm sealed to the day of redemption. Get a hold of that verse. And he's going to say three things in this chapter at least based on that verse. In verse 1 he says, Be followers of God. Be ye therefore followers of God. The therefore says what for? And the therefore points you back to what you're there for. And then he says in verse 14, Wherefore? And in verse 17, Wherefore? They point back to that verse 30. So, down in verse number 8, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Are ye saved? Then you came out of darkness into light. Didn't we? I no longer have to be in darkness because Jesus is the light. And we could spend our time the rest of the night just checking out the light. But I want to go further. He says, so walk as children of light. He says in verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Move away from the world, move over to Jesus And let us go to the other side. That's the only way you're going to go. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. We live with those things that are done in secret every day. 
on our TV, on our cell phones, on our computers, we're accessed to the world. And I use a computer and I carry a phone and I understand. But police yourself. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your keep the influence of your mind resting in Him. Because you you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. But all the things, verse thirteen, that are reproved are made manifest by the light, and whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, here's, what, here's the verse I'm trying to get to, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. It's easy to coast along. Well, I got a membership over at Metropolitan. It's easy to say this. Well, we have a church that is steeped in history of missions, and it's been a soul-winning church, and, and, and that's tradition. Yesterday won't satisfy today. And what was done yesterday here won't satisfy what needs to be done today here. What Jesus is saying is turn loose of yesterday and let's go to the other side. Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, that is with discernment. Only God can help you walk circumspectly. Only Jesus can guide the ship as we go through the wickedness of this world to the other side. Somebody said walking circumspectly was a cat walking a picket fence with a bulldog on each side of the fence. You'd be a little more careful where you walk. It's worse than that, really. I mean, one misstep can wreck your testimony for all your life. One misstep. I, I told you about the letter I got this morning. It's still laying on my desk back there. I mean, there's, there's situation after situation after a hundred situations where people that have served the Lord wrecked themselves when they stepped away from faith. You need to be in the boat with Jesus. And you need it every day. I need it every day. He said, see that you walk circumspectly with discernment of this book, with discernment of the admonition of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can go with him to the other side. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So here's what I was going to say. Because of the urgency of this hour, everything in Ephesians, he's going to say we wrestle not 
against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high place. Everything in Ephesians is pointing us to this, that we are a spectacle of light in a dark, dark world. We have light. We can walk in light. We can stand in light only as we discern. The, the, the will of God and the walk of God. And we cannot do that apart from the book and apart from the presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So, the urgency of the hour. One more scripture and I'm done. Romans chapter number 13. Romans 13, and I'll be done. He says, in verse number, in chapter 13, verse number 11, and that knowing the time that it's now time to wake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness That word there, writing, talk, it means mindless sin. Every once in a while you hear, read about someone who, some drunk who's cost somebody their lives and they're sentenced to prison. They didn't intend to cost anybody a life, but they didn't use their mind that they had. They became mindless. Not in chambering and wantonness. You don't have to you don't have to spend very many minutes in front of that TV to be filled up with that. Chambering and wantingness. Moral sin. Over in Ephesians he said, Don't let it be named one time among you. But in the average 30-minute program, you probably get a dozen times on most of these programs that they'll give you some insinuation of moral immoral, immorality. Some of them, that's the whole. It gets and it, moral sins. And then he says, not in strife and envy. That world out there cannot commit that sin. Only us, the children of God, can commit that sin. That is a militant sin against God. It's a sin that you and I, when we know what this book says, when we know what the Holy Spirit's got, and we defy God and walk against God and away from God, we have committed 
a militant sin. You don't get there overnight. First, there's mindless sin. Just living with it every day, every day, every day. And then there's the immorality, the lust of this old flesh. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be who I want to be. We just live, we're just living it once and we better live it up while we're going through here. It's that attitude. Paul wrote about it in 2 Timothy. He said they'll become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And uh, they'll create fables rather than taking the truth of the word. We're there, friends. It's all around us. We're knee-deep in it right now. And if we're not careful, we'll fall into it and be trapped instead of going to the other side. Jesus said, let us... Well, I'm going to stop there. I didn't give you the conditions for passing over tonight. I just couldn't leave alone what we started this morning. I, I don't know who I'm preaching to. It looked like this, this is a chosen few. It looked like, looked like I preached to the choir tonight. But I don't think it's an accident that that message is rung out here in our midst. God knew who would be here and God knew what was going on. We're starting a new year. We've got a new pastor. Think we're going to go forward. Aren't we? Then we better get in the boat. Because he's saying, let us go to the other side. Away from this darkness. Away from this world. Away from this self-centered lifestyle. Stand. Father, I pray you'll have your way here tonight. I pray, God, you'll direct us into your will. Help us, oh God, to yield ourselves to you. Help us to be what you want us to be. God, I pray that this year my, we're, we'll be 100 years old this year as a church. I pray, God, it might be the best year of the 100 that we might see you uh, work miracles that we couldn't even imagine. That you might do and work in us. Help us to be the vessel of honor that you'd have us to be. God, I pray you'd just work in our hearts and help us to yield ourselves to you and let you be in us like you'd like to be. Lord, I pray about those folks around us that need our testimony, need our light, need our discernment. Lord, I pray about the souls that we might impact in this year.
Please have your way with us. Help us to be all and do all that you put before us. Help us, Lord Jesus, help us to go with you as we go to the other side this year. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Page 153. Oh, to Francis has come tonight. This is Daniel's sister. She'd been here for three months or something. She'd been here a while. And she's been studying. Uh, been in a discipleship program, right? Growing in the Lord since you've been here. Yes. She's worked and helped. Some of you ladies know her well. She's a worker. She's come tonight to join the church. She told me that she was, she knew she's saved. Are you saved? Yes. I didn't hear that. Yes. <laughs> and, but she, her baptism is kind of shaky. She was baptized in a church. She doesn't know what they believe or who they were. And so I advised her that best thing to do is just come for baptism and we'll baptize her. And remove the doubts 
It's as much for her help as your help. In the days to come, someday Satan will say, ah, you're probably not even saved. <laughs> and you can say, right here tonight, I declared my salvation to this whole church. And I'm following the Lord in baptism as a testimony of what he has done for me. I'll, I'll die with Christ in my, out of my old flesh body, but I'll be raised to walk in newness of life. That's the testimony of baptism. And is that what you want? Yes. I'll, did I say it like you told me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, church, what's your pleasure? All right, if you're in favor of that, let's say let's see it by the hand. All right, amen. I'm in favor of it. I believe the Lord's in favor of it. Uh, I've been waiting on this day. It's a special day. Thank you. Thank you. You pray for Frances. She's starting a new job Tuesday. 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 Goodwill. <laughs> Down at the Goodwill store. And... Uh, I'm just thankful she's got a job. I'm thankful she's here. And we need to help her, but she'll help us when we do. And so uh, I'm going to let her. Daniel, why don't you come stand with your sister? And we'll, Brother John will come and lead us in a verse. We'll come around and just give her a Godspeed and a, and a handshake. And it is a blessing that she's come. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. This is my last night. No, my last Sunday night as pastor of this church. Next Sunday, Brother Bujack will be here, and I'll just be a helper again. But it's a good way to end it up, isn't it? <laughs> I mean... How do you do better? I'm thankful for you coming, Prince. It's a blessing. You know, I believe heaven's happy when, when we submit ourselves and allow God to do what he'd like to do with us. It's a big step for her. She's stepping away from some things, stepping into some things, and she'll have to prove herself. But every one of us has to prove ourselves, don't we? Every day. And we all had to step away and step in, too. So we're here to help you. Thank you. Any word? Brother Lonnie, would you dismiss us? Oh, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. Well, let's do our thing, and we'll sing the chorus for the month. We'll work till Jesus comes. <laughs> Will